Thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. I want to invite you to turn with me to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. Before we read the scripture, I want to ask you a question. Actually, a couple of questions. How many of you believe that God is all-knowing? All-knowing. Raise your hand if you believe that God is all-knowing. Okay. See about 14 and a half people who raised their hands. Is it possible for an all-knowing God? Hear me. Is it possible for an all-knowing God to intentionally forget something? I'm talking about to put something so far out of his mind that he no longer knows it. Is it possible for God to put something totally out of his mind to the point that he has forgotten it and yet still be all-knowing? That's a good question, isn't it? Because it puts us in a bit of a tension. If we say... That because he's all-knowing, that it's it's not possible for him to totally put something out of his mind to the point that he forgets it. If we say he cannot do that, then someone will say, yeah, but he's all-powerful. He can do anything he wants to. So it's not right to say he cannot do something. It puts us in a tension. I want you to turn with me to Psalm 103. Title of this message is As Far as the East is from the West. It's part of the forgiveness series that we're in this month. I didn't tell you the background of this series, did I, this morning? I can't tell you all of it, it would betray a confidence, but I will tell you that three months ago, I received an email from someone asking me to call them. And so I called them. And this person said, and this was, by, way, by the way, this was an email from a person from whom I rarely get emails. And uh, why they didn't just go ahead and call me, I don't know. Maybe they tried. Anyway, neither here nor there. I called this person back, and this person said, I've been observing and overhearing. And he said, I just thought maybe you'd like to know that from what I hear, from people all across uh, the spectrum of people I am engaged with in, in our church, I think we need a series on forgiveness. Did you hear that? So I said, well, I'll do my best to see that that's done. You see, I listen to y'all sometimes, you know. And y'all listen to me sometimes, don't you? I hope so. So this is a series on forgiveness. I I think this person was very right, by the way. Psalm 103, I'm going to read verses 1 through 14. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all His benefits. 
who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are but dust. Now, I want you then to also look to three other verses in Scripture. The first one being Isaiah chapter 43. Verse number 25, you see these three verses all on one slide, and you'll see the common denominator in these three verses. Isaiah 43, verse 25, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12, and this is uh, the writer of Hebrews, we don't know exactly who he was, but he's quoting from the, from the Old Testament, for I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. And if that's not enough, in Hebrews 8, he repeats it again in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 17. Then he adds, their sins and their lawless acts, I will remember no more. This morning we talked about the fact that God forgives us, and forgiveness is at the heart of who God is. Eternally, at his heart, he's been a God of forgiveness. Forgiveness is written all through the scriptures. Uh, When you go to uh, Genesis chapter 3, in spite of the fact that Adam and Eve suffered the consequences of their sin, yet God was merciful to them. They did not die in the day that they sinned. Instead, he showed mercy on them, provided clothing for them and sustenance for them, although it wasn't going to be in the Garden of Eden. The Bible teaches us that God forgave people like Abraham and Moses. Who can but remember the early chapters of Exodus Moses has uh, left Egypt for Midian and he's up on the mountain of God and God gets his attention with the burning bush and says, I'm going to send you back to Egypt. And God says, oh, I mean, Moses says, oh, not me. They won't hear me. Yeah, I'm going to send you. They won't know who I am. Yeah, I'm going to send you. They won't know who you are. I don't know who you are. Yeah, I'm going to send you, but I can't speak. I said, I'm going to send you. And yet, even though God was angry with Moses, he forgave Moses. Forgiveness is written into the historical books of the Old Testament. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. 
a, song, a, a verse that is uh, quite familiar to you. I know Solomon has just taken on uh, the kingship from his father after his father passed away. And he's, he, he realizes this is too big a job for him to carry out. And so he's asking God for wisdom. And God says to him in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, he says, If my people, he's talking to Solomon, If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Forgiveness is written into the historical books of the Bible. It's written into the Gospels, especially in the life of Jesus. I mentioned this morning when the disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us how to pray. Teach us to pray like John taught his disciples. And in that prayer, whether you look at Matthew's version or Luke's version, and there's a little bit of difference between the two, but but one of the things that is the same in both of them is that In this model prayer that Jesus gives to us as a model for us to fashion our prayers by, he didn't mean for us to take it literally and pray it literally all the time, but rather to use it as a model. But in that prayer, he says, he says, and Father, forgive us our trespasses just as we forgive those who trespass against us. Jesus came. His very death on the cross is centered in the forgiveness that is written not only in the historical books of the Old Testament, but in the Gospels, and it's enshrined in the letters of Paul, as we saw this morning in Ephesians 4.32. Forgive in the same way that God in Christ has forgiven you. Colossians 3.13, forgive as the Lord forgave you. I think you get the picture. Forgiveness is is a, a thread that is woven throughout the entire Scriptures. And of course, forgiveness is seen in the songs of the ancient Jewish people. The book of Psalms was a psalm book. It was a hymn book. We don't, unfortunately, have the musical notes to the songs. All we have are the lyrics. But these are the songs they sang. Or either, if they weren't sung, they were repeated like a responsive reading in their synagogues and in the temple. Every time they worshipped, they, they had some song or, uh, or recitation from the book of Psalms. It was their hymn book. And woven into that hymn book is this subject of forgiveness. Psalm 103 is one of those places where we see it. But it is good that we talk about forgiveness. Our home groups will be discussing forgiveness during the times when they meet this month. Uh, next Sunday, uh, and in, uh, on several of the services we have this, this month, we'll be talking about forgiveness. And, and one of the reasons we do it is because forgiveness is so hard. I watched our people this morning. When I ask you to take out a sheet of paper, that little piece of paper we handed out, and to write a name on the bottom, I saw some people who quickly wrote a name. I saw some people who were struggling to think of a name of someone who had injured them. But I saw some people who were struggling because those names came oh so quickly. And they were afraid. I think some of you were afraid of what I was going to ask you to do with them. I don't blame you. I don't really trust preachers either. 
And you're wondering, what's he about to ask me to do? Is he going to ask me to forgive him? Because I don't know that I'm ready to do that. I understand that. It's hard. Forgiveness is a hard thing to do, especially if the cut is deep. The deeper the cut, the harder it is to get over. But one of the things that I think impedes our ability to forgive, hinders our ability to, get, to forgive, is a lack of understanding about how God forgives. In particular, there are two things I want to convey to you uh, tonight, that, that uh, two, two prongs, two sides of the same, two prongs on the same tool that, that I think are interesting an, uh, uh, an interesting play on words. So let me just get right to it. First off, I think that we tend to keep forgetting what God remembers. We tend to keep forgetting what God remembers. Listen, we need to remember what God remembers. Well, what does He remember? Well, He remembers us. I love that last verse. I go to it a lot of times. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. Dust. We're just dirt. He knows it. He knows it better than we know it. He knows it when we know it. He knows it when we've forgotten it. He knows what we are made of. He knows how frail we are, how fickle we are, how exhausted we can get, how angry we can become, how hurt we can be, and how arrogant we can be all in the same breath. He knows that. He knows how rotten we can possibly be, and yet he knows how rich that he can make us, not rich in wealth, but I'm talking about rich in, a, in spirituality. God remembers what we most need. What do we need? Well, we need forgiveness. Psalm 103, verses 2 and 3. Praise the Lord, my soul, and do not forget all his benefits. Verse 3. Do not forget his benefits. What are they? He forgives all your sins. He forgives all your sins. We have trouble with that statement. You know why we have trouble? It's because of the word all. It's because of the word all. We love it, but we have trouble with it. I don't know uh, how you are, but uh, there are some sins, and I commit sins every day. I I know I do. There are some sins that I've committed that uh, I've, I've left behind, asked forgiveness and left them behind. There are other sins I've committed that I still struggle with, even though I've asked God to forgive me a thousand, thousand times. And yet, the psalmist here repeats what we hear throughout Scripture, and that is that when God forgives us, He forgives, hear this, all our sins. He knows we need that. He also knows that we need healing, the latter part of verse 3. He forgives all your sins and He heals all your diseases. We have trouble with that too, don't we? Because we know some diseases it doesn't appear that He healed. What does He mean when He says He heals all of our diseases? I don't really understand all of it. I suppose that whenever he takes a sick person onto heaven, that's ultimate healing. That is what we say, isn't it? That is what we say. And it really is true, is it not? Sometimes we feel like that's a cop-out. 
Whatever the case, the psalmist is, is singing and he's reciting how he feels about God. And, and he, is, he is remembering what God remembers. God remembers that we need forgiveness. He remembers that we need healing. He remembers we need unconditional love. He remembers that we need someone who will not be angry with us forever. Those of us who are married or who have been married. I can talk to you about this, right? You ever been, had your spouse angry at you? And she would not speak to you or he would not speak to you. And you played this game. Who's going to give in first? It's the same thing the the Congress is doing right now. Who's going to give in first? Except we do it on a household level. Don't tell me you haven't been there. My dad used to pastor Hall Creek Baptist Church. And there was a wonderful man there who helped lead the singing. His name was Dewey Eccles. Now, remember, we went and ate. We went and ate uh, lunch one day with, with Dewey and Miss Jeanette Eccles, and he made the statement that they'd been married over 50 years and never even had the, the first argument. And I thought, you a line, you a line, you an absolute line. There's no way, no way. If you've been at home and, and, and one of you is mad at the other and somebody's not speaking. You know how, you remember how miserable that is, you, that feels when somebody, one's not speaking to the other? And how much relief there is when finally somebody, even if it's you, breaks that ice and things are back to normal. Maybe not in a snap, sometimes in a snap, but at least they're back to normal before you go to bed at night. Hello? Yeah, y'all look at me like, I don't know what you're talking about. I love verse 9. He will not always accuse, nor will God harbor his anger forever. Now, that's an interesting statement. He won't harbor it forever. He'll harbor it for a little while. Did you hear that? That's the implication. God does pout occasionally. Oh, y'all didn't like me saying that, did you? That's about what he says, though. He doesn't harbor his anger forever. He doesn't stay angry with us forever. And he does not treat us as our sins deserve. So we need all of these things, forgiveness, healing, unconditional love, someone who will not be angry, someone who remembers who and what we are. We're just dust. He remembers all these things that we need, and he graciously gives them to us. But here's what I want you to remember. We tend to keep forgetting what God remembers. And then secondly, we tend to keep remembering what God forgets. Do you see those two statements up there? We tend to keep forgetting what God remembers, and we tend to keep remembering what God forgets. What does he forget? Well, according to verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, he removes our transgressions from us. Well, what does he do with them? Well, Isaiah 43, 25 says, this is God's own quote. He says, I blot out your transgressions. He doesn't take them off one page and put them over here on another shelf so he can keep looking at them. He doesn't, he doesn't take a little, uh, it's not like uh, on our computers where you can cut something and then move over here to another document and paste it. He blots it out. I am the one who blots out your transgression and remembers your sins no more. Hebrews 8, 12. I forgive your wickedness and remember your sins no more. 10, 17. 
their sins and lawless acts, I will remember no more. God is able to take our sins and cast them away from us. God is able to take our sins and cast them away from his memory. How could an all-knowing God do that? How could an all-knowing God forget something? On the other hand, how can an all-powerful God not? When it comes to God forgiving and forgetting our sin, as I said earlier, we have this tension between the divine attributes of omnipotence, all power, and omnipresence, everywhere present, and omniscience, everywhere all-knowing. Some scholars contend that the attributes that you and I have come to believe about God, we got from Greek philosophy rather than the Bible. They suggest that the Bible doesn't really paint as clear a picture as we've been led to believe about the attributes of God being all-powerful or all-knowing or everywhere present. I'm not saying I agree with them. I'm saying that some, many of them, many scholars believe that we got those from Greek philosophy, not from biblical theology. One example is uh, of a fellow named Richard Hopkins. He wrote a book called How Greek Philosophy Corrupted the Christian Concept of God. And he talks about how Greek philosophers planted into Christian thought the ideas of the kind of God God is. Others suggest that when the Bible talks about God forgetting something, like forgetting our sins, he's really speaking metaphorically, not literally. He doesn't really mean it. It's just, it's just a, 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 an artistic way of talking about what God does with our sins. It's really a, a play on words to show us how permanently God deals with our sins. God says in the Bible, I'm the one who wipes out your transgressions. I will not forgive your sins. One writer put it this way. He says, God chooses not to remember our sins. He chooses never to bring them up again. He says it's not that he, 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 he forgets because he cannot forget, but he doesn't remember them either. That is, he will never bring them up again. Why? Because they have been forgiven in his son, Jesus. That's a wonderful explanation. The problem is it, it seems to counter what the scripture actually says in Isaiah 43 and Hebrews chapters 8 and Hebrews chapter 10 and Psalm 103. Those Those passages clearly tell us that God takes our sin when we repent of it and he casts it so far away from him, if that's possible, omnipresence, that he doesn't remember them anymore. And for me to say that's not possible is one of the most arrogant things I could possibly say because it implies that I actually have a grasp of God. And I'm afraid I don't. Oh, I know him, but I don't have a grasp of him. I know you, but I don't have a grasp of you. Some of you I have less than a grasp of others. But that is certainly true of God. I know him, but I can't grasp him. Well, I don't know. All I know is Scripture says that he does it. And so whatever the case What the scriptures tell us is that we have a God. God is a God who loves us, heals us, forgives us to an extent beyond our comprehension. And our own responsibility for forgiving must be based on the fact that we have been forgiven. 
So remember these two things. With regard to the subject of forgiving and forgiveness, two very important truths. We tend to keep forgetting what God remembers. And we tend to keep remembering what God forgets. What do we tend to forget? That God loves us more than we've ever been loved before. And he wants the absolute best for us. What do we tend to keep remembering that God forgets? Every sin you've ever committed in your life. There was an old gospel song. It's kind of cheesy and kind of hokey, but the chorus of it was, What sin are you talking about? I don't remember it anymore. From the book of life, they've all been torn out. I don't remember them anymore. It's true. How's he do it? I have no idea. I just know that he does. And I'm pretty glad. Let's pray. Our Father, you teach us so much about forgiveness. We don't have full understanding, nor will we have full understanding, either here or in heaven, of all there is to know about you and what you do. We will understand more in heaven, of course, than we do now. But we can never claim to adequately understand everything there is to know about you. Your forgiveness is beyond our comprehension. Do you forget, literally forget our sins? Is it possible for an all-powerful, for an all-knowing God to forget something? But is it possible for an all-powerful God not to be able to forget something? We're in attention. One thing we do know is that you are very powerful and that you do know far, far more than we ever will and that you do forgive us. And we thank you for it and we pray that you'd help us to forgive as well. In Jesus' name, amen.